horror literature is all over your local bookstores and libraries. Just like studying horror films and where the directors of them pull inspiration from, it's important to look at authors of these kind of stories and understand what gets them to write them. The answer is easy. Most, if not all, look at the world around them and also look inside themselves and what their fears are. I needed to enlist the right guests to talk about horror storytelling. I looked no further than one of my oldest friends, Cedric Carter. Now this is Cedric's second appearance on the show. He knows the genre. As a writer who is in the mix with getting a book published, he too channels his personal demons and views of how scary society is at times. All that and much more on today's show. Welcome to The Basement. Cedric Carter. What is going on? Welcome back to the basement. A lot's going on, but um, I'm glad to have you back, sir. Man, it's good to be back, man. It's, it's been quite a while. Man, man your channel is blowing up, man. It's fantastic. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> no, you're doing, um, we kind of low, not really low key, but uh, we gave you a shout out a couple episodes back. Uh, me and Chris Krantic, because he's been watching your Twitch stream. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, uh, I've, I've been playing um, Oddworld. I put up, I put up like a little like this or that quizzes all the time on Instagram, and uh, I had that one, and I had a, a Plague Tale. So I try to do stuff that's like sort of kind of either like um, science fiction or horror. So I, I don't know if you've ever played Oddworld, but that game is no, is- I'm I'm not. <laughs> this is a, I get like pounded with questions sometimes from gamers on this show. Like if you played this and I go, nah, man, I'm still like replaying GTA five. <laughs> hey, it's not a bad game. You know? No, it, it's not for like, I just, I don't know with, with my lifestyle. Like I, I respect gamers. I respect what gaming has become and whatnot. Like those, those concept bars out there that are like, you know, grab a beer and play arcade games. I fucking flock to, well, I shouldn't say flock to, I haven't been to one in a while, but uh, there's a lot where I'm at. And I think there's a lot where you're at too. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't have too much time for video games, but I always try to stay in the loop with what's going on. So odd world, what's What's odd world. Uh, so odd world was a game that originally came out for PlayStation. And the whole concept was that the, there was this, this race called the Mudokins and they were enslaved by these other, um, two groups. Uh, one was the Gluckins who were like the big, like corporate, like macho creature things. And they had these things called sligs and they were basically like this, uh, like the top half was like this like worm thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but it has like a metal body and it's just, they just go around and like beat up all the workers and everything. Uh, so this dude called Abe, who's one of these Madakins, he like, he's cleaning the floors one day and he like passes by this room and, and like he sees all these Gluckins having a meeting and they're just like, oh man, like, our food sales aren't doing great. And then like, one of them's like, I got an idea. And uh, they show this chart, right? And uh, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna chop these guys up. And they're talking about like their employees. They're gonna fucking make their uh, employees into food. And then like his whole race and everything. So the whole, the whole first game is like him, uh, he's like trying to get out of this factory and like get all of his 
uh, co-workers out of there safely. And then like the next one, which is the one I'm playing right now, um, it's called Soulstorm. And it's like super different from the original, which was uh, Apes Exodus. Um, and that one is like, he's going to all these other factories and trying to save all those people and like stop this like evil corporation. So it kind of, I, I, it really hooked me because it kind of reminded me of uh, Soylent Green. Whatever. I heard of that. It's, it's, um, it's like the world is like too overpopulated. So they start taking all the old people and like turning them into food. Kind of like, um, uh, what's that? What's the one where they're on the train? Uh, no piercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer. It's kind of, kind of, kind of all in that same kind of premise. So where it's just like somebody figures out that like what they're eating is like people, or in this case, Mudokins. Wild. Stop the evil corporations. Wild. All right, that's a good uh, kickoff to the show here with some grim fucking video games and you know (laughs) and Snowpiercer, which is a good movie. I I don't know where you can find it right now, but it's a really cool flick. It's um buy it. It's probably if you see it, it's probably like five dollars. Just it's it's worth it. It's worth a five dollar. Yeah, there was a show spinoff too on like TBS. I think might still be going. I, I don't know. I never watched it, but um uh, so within the spirit of uh this month on the basement, we're doing a lot of horror stuff, we're talking a lot of horror movies. We're talking actually last time Cedric was on the show, we talked uh we pretty much just spouted off about three films we dug on the streaming service shutter which by the way shutter still has not sponsored us that's okay but we'll keep uh i'll keep promoting it because there's a lot of movies on shutter right now that are killing it um but we're gonna talk about something that i know is near and dear to you um because i know you're in the midst of kind of working on some stuff that maybe you can or can't talk about you know whatever you want to whatever you want to dispose on on the basement um some literature some note some novellas some uh short stories i don't know anything horror lit- literature is basically what we're here to talk about and i know you're you've been deep diving into a lot of books on your instagram page and stuff and it's kind of cool because i feel like you've found like a little niche world you've tapped into of because i mean i read books i read all different kind of books and honestly Nobody's on the internet really talking about like genre books right now, which I think is kind of cool. So I don't know. What, what, what have you talked to me? What have you been reading or something? Uh, well, I mean, recently, so <clears throat> there's a, uh, the, the Bram Stoker Awards uh, yes. are next year. Uh, I'm super stoked for that because this is the first year. Uh, so I've, I've been a, a, a member of the Horror Writers Association. And I'm a supportive member because I haven't had anything out yet. I'm getting close, uh, but I don't have anything out yet. Um, so I'm just like supporting and uh, we're, you know, it's coming up on all like the, the, the authors are sending out all their works um, for, you know, winning some sort of, you know, different kinds of prizes, long fiction, you know, short fiction, all that sort of kind of cool stuff. Um, so like, I can't get too much into like what I'm reading. Cause I don't, I, I think like some of them aren't, out quite yet or like i know one that i, I want to get came, came out um the, today um and then there's another one that's coming out next week and I, I can't remember what it is it's just filled in with my shopping cart but um let me interject what would it like how do you get involved with something like that where would you um, go for the listeners and <laughs> maybe for me i don't know <laughs> So like it's one of those things where it's like if you're interested in they have like different sorts of tiers. Uh, I can I can bring I can 
bring this bad boy up here. We'll see here. So you go. So if you go to horror.org, H-O-R-R-O-R, I guess that's like one of the only things from my New England days that mm-hmm. some kind of an accent is if I say horror, if I say I write horror, people yeah. say I'm talking. I get paranoid. I'm saying whore people. Yeah. They're just like, you write about prostitutes. Tell me more. And I'm like, no, man. Like the, scary the entire shit. month of the basement is about whores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go a on. Fucking asshole. Hour, we need to was for an hour. <laughs> yeah. So I cut that part out. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> hey, so, <clears throat> so yeah. If you go to um, horror.org, uh, basically, it, it's a pretty cool spot. Um, it has a whole bunch of books that are either coming out or that have come out recently. On its uh, front page, it tells you about the StokerCon. That's what it is, the StokerCon uh, that's coming up. Um, and then, uh, you know, it has information about different kinds of grants that they have, uh, different kinds of scholarships. Um, so there's like a lot going on. Like right now they have the uh, Latinx heritage and horror. Um, they're doing that whole thing, mm-hmm. which is super awesome. And then they have the uh, horror writers associations. They're celebrating pride months. They do all like literally anything that you can think of as far as like being supportive um, for writers and people and students, just like all of the different kinds of groups in general um, they're doing. Uh, so if you want to become a member, uh, there's like a members only area and you can go and you, you can like sign up you can either be a supporter I think it was like $25 a year or something like that I thought it was $25 a month at one point maybe it was but I think it's just per year either that or I'm not paying attention and I'm getting charged every month which is fine. Um, I can't go out to eat this week have literature out um, you know then you, then you can join that way and you can like submit your work and everything but uh as far as like writers go like anything it's literally anything if you're writing screenplays if you're writing books if you write poetry like anything written or or for film you can go and join uh depending on you know what you're what level you're at um so that's pretty cool um and then i'll check it out awards and everything so they like they if you opt in they'll send you stuff um before all these awards and so you can you could read all this stuff and then like vote on you know I I think this person should get an award for you know short fiction or this person should get the award for this book because of these reasons and everything. So um, that's you know long winded. That's how you get on to. That's dope. No, thank you for thank you for I. This is news to me right right here right now. I'll I'll leave a lo- um I'll leave a link to that in the show notes probably. Definitely. Why would I say probably? That's fucked up. <laughs> um, let's transition though. I want to kind of talk about you okay. and whatnot. Cause I mean, I've known you since like the sixth grade, been a very creative guy. I think that's why we're good friends. And uh, I didn't really like, it wasn't until like high school when like we, I think we had like an English class together and like, just like the knowledge you'd fucking drop in like English class. I was like this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got in trouble so much in, in English classes in high school, man. That shit was crazy. Because you wrote like really fucked up shit. <laughs> dude, I wrote, dude, I wrote so much fucked up shit. But like I got like my my defense will always be that like I got kids in our grade and like other grades to read that just never read. And they were like, yo, did you 
did you write something this week? Can you like, you know, I don't, I don't even know until um, I had read on writing by Stephen King that he did the same fucking thing where like he was reading right now people and i was like oh damn you know but uh yeah they they definitely pulled me into the office a couple times and were like you know stop writing this crazy nonsense we're gonna expel you and i was like yeah because in that book he like in like the early early part of the book he's talking about like getting detention for writing I don't even really know what, but like there was like a guidance counselor or someone who just like said, okay, we just kind of have to shift him in this direction. He obviously can't take a pen off of paper. He's just, he, this is who he is. So that's a really good book, by the way, I'm in the middle of it. (laughs) You have not read that book. It's honestly, cause like, there's a lot of books out there of like how to make it in the such and such, make it in whatever industry. There's all these kind of bullshit books out there, I feel. And first of all, this is Stephen King writing about basically his journey to through life as a writer. And I think any writer, even if you're not a writer, I think if you just kind of read it as a fan of his, you kind of relate to shit. Like I'm, I'm, I'm early. I'm like only like, just like near a hundred pages right now. And it's a nice read. It's only like a little under 300 pages, but like he's talking about how he created Carrie and how that like opening uh, girl's bathroom scene came to him while he was like a janitor one day. And he had this, it's, it's just kind of funny how like, if you know his stories and then he just starts kind of talking about something in the book and you go, Oh, that's how he thought of that in that famous part in the book or in the, even in the movie. It's a great book. Um, but back to you. Back to you. I can't get Stephen King on this. I don't got him on the line. I don't know his fucking agent. Um, <laughs> can't get up to Bangor, Maine anytime soon. So um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> even though I was just in Maine like last month. But as for you, like obviously, you know, you've been writing from a very young age. Like what was kind of what you were reading at like a really young age? Um, so to be honest, I I really haven't read anything until i moved down to texas um, okay i so i read every now and then news to me uh, and i think so i'm more than like more than more than reading i spent most of my time bashing other authors um, when i was growing up to be to be completely honest uh because it's one of those things where you, when you're going through school uh and you're learning literature, they teach you, they're very like focused on like what you learn. You're not learning science fiction. You're not learning, you know, horror. You're, you're, it's literally like literary fiction and fucking Shakespeare, which like I have like a seething hatred for and like a whole bunch of other like people that are just like, they're fucking boring. Why do you hate <laughs> Shakespeare? Huh? Why do you hate Shakespeare? You're not going to offend me. I could, I'm pretty lukewarm. I think think one of the reasons that I don't like Shakespeare is because I kind of look at things as far as like when they were written and like, I get it. It's kind of like my hatred towards the Beatles. Like I get why these, I I get why, and I'm, I'm offending so many people right now. (laughs) Probably they're like, how dare you? Not the podcast is supposed to happen. Uh, But it's like, if you look at like the time when that stuff was written, it's like, yes, great job bravo but like reading that stuff now like i'm not huge into dramas uh unless they're really well done which by like i don't i don't know uh 
by today's- I know what you mean about I know like th- there's things about Shakespeare. I'm just like, eh, I can fucking do without. Mm-hmm. I mean, to for the other side of the argument, and I'm not saying I'm making a stance here, but like I get that like there's a lot of things Shakespeare wrote what 500 i don't know 600 fucking years ago um yeah. i mean they're influential yeah it's like like there are like plot lines and stuff that is woven into everything every kind of narrative form out there today so like i i tip my hat obviously to shakespeare but i get what you mean like it's anytime i've ever had to read shakespeare, if even if i was still in like school right now and you know we're gonna read i don't even i don't know Macbeth or something or whatever i just kind of will sit there and go Ugh, fuck <laughs> yeah i mean i think like the hugest thing i and i didn't a lot of the literature that i hated in school i really didn't understand because like they're so like i'm mixed right so i'm half half white and half black and like looking back at everything until i watched um i can't remember the name of it it's it, it was on um it was on shutter it was a documentary about about um horror noir yeah about yeah, black people that's and, a good one and yeah films. and it wasn't until that that i started really um analyzing why i didn't enjoy school as much as i did and everything that we did as far as literature or watching movies or anything it was literally white people and like for me it was like there's a whole other half of me that was kind of like just like cut out and like i always wondered like one of like so like you were asking about like uh what I read when I was younger. So I actually, I have like two copies of this book is a uh, battle Royale. Oh yeah. You've um, raved about this since I've known you. Um, so I have the, the, the Japanese version and then I have like the, like the newer translated version. Um, but I remember like, I, I, I had like skipped it. I think it was like sixth or seventh grade. Um, and like, I, I threw on like my, um, I think it was like a CD player at that point, And I had a, the the Rammstein album Sensucked and I just like found like a little cranny in, in one of the, the schools in like the back corner and just like read that like straight for like two days and like the whole time I was reading it I was just like this is the first time that I've ever read anything where like the characters aren't all white and like I mean granted they're they're Japanese but it's something different and it's yeah. gory as fuck and I was like okay I was like this is like what I want to read. I was like, I want, I want to read more stuff that like puts me on the edge of my seat. Um, but as far as like inspiring me when I was younger, I would say that a lot of that stuff comes from like the, the B movies that I used to watch with my dad. And then like, you know, like started with like the Kaiju films and like Ultraman and Godzilla and like Gamera and everything. And then like got into like, uh, you know, fucking, I can't remember. I can never remember the name of this this one film, but I think it's called Invasion of the Saucer Men. And it's like these weird like aliens with like these crazy looking bulbous heads. And they have like I, I, they have like needles for hands, like epidermic needles, and they just like stick people and like <laughs> it's just like the most bizarre stuff. It's like, uh, I don't know, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I've never seen that movie, but I feel like, yeah, that like those era of B films. Yeah. Aliens, like are, you know, guys in suits looking with some trippy shit. <laughs> like they're running away from like this giant thing and you see like the strings attached to it. And it's just like, it's hilarious. 
but the like in the back of my head, I was like, if this happened, this would be so terrifying. But I never thought of like actually writing about anything until I got a little bit, and until and really until I got um, out of high school. All right, since we're kind of talking about what you were reading when you were younger, what you were into when you were younger, um, in terms of horror fiction, what were the things that scared you when reading when you were younger? Even though you just said, you know, you didn't really read a lot when you were younger, but what are the things that kind of scare you as an older reader now? Oh man, <clears throat> that's a pretty loaded question. I mean, when, so when I was younger, I mean, like I, I wrote stuff and my biggest fear I think was like getting caught writing that stuff. Cause I'd always get in trouble. You know, it was either my parents would, would get mad or, uh, you know, the school would be like, what is wrong with this child? This child has issues. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so I think one of the things that I used to write about when I was younger um, was more like thriller, thriller type stuff. And like looking back, I think like a lot of the the stuff that I wrote about was like, um, like in a translation, not like directly, but um, like losing friends or like growing apart from people or like getting lost in the woods, even though like I, I would like um obsessively go and like play in like the uh, the backwooded area of where I live like we had this one guy who like lived out <clears throat> a bit from us and this was like when we were like super young and we like didn't realize that like it was just this cutaway of, of woods from like a, the other side of the road you know like wasn't even deep woods yeah you could like see through it almost uh, yeah, like if you just walked in a straight line, you, you know, you'd wind up on the other side. Yeah, I had that too. Yeah, it is. And uh, we just didn't realize that because we were just like, we'd get in there and then we'd like cut and go to like the left or the right. And so like there was this one, there was like this one guy's house, we called it, we called him Old Man Tucker. And uh, there was like this rumor going around that like if he caught you on his property, he'd shoot you in the, with, with uh, salt shotgun rounds. And I was like, that's terrifying. So like there was always this idea that like I would go in the woods and like there it was weird too because it looked like there was like this bear cave or something that was there and, and it really was just like a heavily shaded rock um, which I found out when I was older but like going into the woods and like thinking that like some crazy person is going to like murder you uh, was definitely one of my my big fears uh, growing up now. I think my two biggest fears is, as far as an adult is, is definitely the fear of the unknown, which is like a huge um, horror element anyways, you know, like what happens when you die? Like really like what, like where do you go? And like, are there aliens out there? And like, are they smarter than us and like war-like or are they like peaceful or what? Like, so that's always scary. Drowning is always scary. I think everybody, kind of gets freaked out about drowning mm. um, aquatic I, horror aquatic. i think is pretty underrated what is it aquatic horror like oh I, yeah the ocean's I, fucking I, terrifying i haven't really read much i've seen you know like they they have like the different kinds of like the crocodile films and everything but like i haven't really read any aquatic horror so i have somebody- right next to me right here a masterpiece the novelization of jaws the revenge <laughs> oh man how is that i haven't read it yet and obviously it's like <laughs> it's a horrible sequel and like so this is the yeah. novelization 
And I found it in my local library, like the, the free bin, like outside of it. And they recommend you make a donation. And I usually do. I usually throw a dollar. And if I find like one or two things I like, and yeah. I saw that and I was like, me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say most people would be afraid of sharks. I remember I went, I think, I guess I don't remember all too well, um, but I'm pretty sure I went with my parents and uh, we went down to the beach in Myrtle Beach. And I guess everyone was getting kicked out because the shark was like getting too close. And me being an idiot and like not really thinking about it, I thought it was freaking awesome. So like I ran into the water and like dove in and like I'm looking at this shark and it's like all the way over there. And I'm like all the way, you know, like on the other side. And I'm like, oh, this is freaking awesome. And then like in hindsight, I'm like, man, that thing could have just like ripped me to shreds if it wanted to, but it, I, I think I could have gotten out before it got over there. I don't know. I don't know how fast they go. Probably pretty fast. Um, but I was super far away. I didn't like barely see it. It's funny you talk about like the contrast between the things that scare you or fiction stories that scare you when you're younger and when you're older. Cause I, I'm, 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 I actually think that that goes for a lot of people. I mean, there, every, every kid, gets told some story of the house down the street that uh, somebody got murdered in or something like that's always like a basis or something or like, don't go in those woods or that guy, you know, that guy in that house, he got out of jail. You know, he probably killed somebody, but he got, or I don't know, like there's a haunted house thing. And I mean, there's always something, there's always something like that. And then, you know, I think it's just part of adolescence too. Like, I mean, you, you see, we're probably going to reference Stephen King more times because just because I've been going through a lot of his, his work the past few years, but like I read it when I was maybe like in early twenties, which, you know, I'm not going to read an 1100 page book when I'm a kid, like even though I think some people have, but like when I was, when I first read it, I was like, where the fuck is the clown? Like the clown's supposed to scare the shit out of me. I thought, and so, like, I honestly didn't like it my first time I read it because, like, the you know, Pennywise shows up here and there, but there's a lot right. of other things in the book that are way more terrifying when I read it when I was two years ago, when I was 31, yeah, ish. Like the just the the homophobia in there, all the the, the racist stuff, like just the people mm-hmm. in that book are fucking scary and. Yeah. Like, you know, that's kind of one thing you notice when you get older too. You, you just, you know, it's actually fucking people that are horrible. They're just like, you know, maybe these creatures that are out to scare us when we're kids are just these scared things that want to be left alone. And people are actually the real assholes. Yeah. And they go out and like kill these creatures. They're probably just as terrified as they are. But Yeah. But um, yeah. You, you, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head though with like, Things change when you when you're an adult and you you have like you can't for one you can't enjoy things the way that you did when you're a child because you like there's that like whole realm of the unknown that like you don't know until you're an adult so like you just make up these fantastical stories and then like you when you grow up you realize that the, like the I at least I think the most terrifying thing is people you know yeah. like I'm terrified of people I live in Florida. <laughs> I mean, so then, like, you should know, and, like, uh... It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers down here some days. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Dude, so sometimes, like, there there are some times where, like, 
you know, I, I just, I go from work, I come home, I do my homework or I just stay at work and do my work and then come home. Well, like my phone will just go off all day with like um, the Amber alerts and everything all day. Yeah. I get, I get at least two a week. I'm going to get like caught, like probably none of them. And then like, but I, I think, so between that and like, just like constantly hearing an Amber alert, like somebody's missing. And then like, I don't know, like the, the whole, the whole thing, like politicizing the pandemic, right? I know like people have all sorts of different kinds of views and, and everything, but I think one of the big things that really scares me the most is knowing that we're going through this huge climate change thing. Everyone has addressed pretty much that we're going through climate change and that, you know, there, there's all these issues that are gonna come up and everyone is just, kind of, except for like the younger generation, most people are just like, oh, well, you know, it's not going to affect me. So like, whatever. But it's like, I'm one of those people who I'm like, man, there are so many like diseases and viruses in the ice caps and everywhere else where climate change is getting affected. Who knows what the hell is going to come out of that stuff when it starts melting? Like, and just like seeing the reaction like now of like how the pandemic has, has been like so uh divisive between all these different groups of people and it's like the majority of these people you talk to them before like like pre-covid right and they're just like man i would love it if there was like a zombie attack and then it's just like no well half of you would be dead because somebody would be like yo um there's some zombies outside we figured out a cure if you want to take it go ahead and take it but also we need to like get out of here and they'd be like, nah, I'm not going to take no cure. I'm going to stay right here. And then they'd get like bit and somebody would be like, we got to shoot you. And they'd be like, why didn't you warn me? And it's just like, that's, it's that's always scary thing. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's always the angry guy with a gun. Who's like the first to go in those stories. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he has protection, but like, he doesn't listen to anybody. Right. It's just like, you could like take that gun and meet up with like, 30 other people who are trying to do the same thing you were doing to survive and like preserve life and have a better chance. And you're just, I ain't leaving my house. Y'all are lying. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like making like a Southern accent to like categorize everyone. I'm just like, just like the ordinary, uh, ornery. There are a lot of ornery people out there. And I think they, they, they kind of like fuck it up for everyone else. And so like, I, I, I honestly, I feel like I have never written anything um about climate change or like weird diseases or anything like that um but i think i should after after i come out with this this novel i'm working on so well just to wrap up on this like um you you think of i mean i'll just i'll just say this and i'll walk away because i don't i don't don't know i'm 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 gonna lose viewership No, because like as much of this as you want i'm not trying to like no no i'm actually i i want to actually keep like everything but like coronavirus okay what is it like a 90 something percent chance of survival yeah okay it's it's only a sliver of people that die from it um yeah it's just the fact that nobody really knows how to deal with it right now and that's the thing nobody knows how to deal with it but it's a very high survival you know rate it's like can you imagine if like something comes along and that it's like all right now it's a 50 percent chance survival rate what the right. fuck are we going to do now? We're going to be 50, 50 on this. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I think it's like scary about that. 
that's the thing that scares me. Like, honestly, like maybe in the early on phases of, you know, having to stay inside and everything. Yeah. I was, I was kind of weirded out, but now, like, I think the thing that scares me now is I go, okay, this is kind of something that's part of life right now, which sucks. But, you know, I, I think this, this great divide amongst people just not really working together is what scares me for if something, a greater threat happens that we have no control over. Like there was maybe a week or two, right. When everything started shutting down, like I literally remember watching, not watch or reading like COVID lockdown stuff, like happening on Twitter by the second, like this is shut down. This is shut down. Just celebrities tweeting, yada, yada, yada. But there was a moment and it was very brief where I felt like everybody kind of got on the same page they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to stay inside. We're going to keep each other safe, you know, do a 14 day quarantine. This is just me. This is just what I saw. I'm not saying this is what everybody saw, but it was like for the first time, it felt like everybody was on the same page to do a greater good since like nine 11, when everybody was, you know, united, we stand. And then just, I don't know, the people up in Michigan got bored inside and decided to storm the fucking the state house or something because they needed a haircut and i I just but i just remember being like kind of happy because i always felt that like generational war between like baby boomers and millennials and i actually kind of saw some sort of camaraderie when that all happened and then poof it was gone (laughs) that's my i mean i mean that thing's kind of and I haven't read it yet, so I can't really like source it as far as, you know, like you said, we're bringing up Stephen King a lot. Um, the Stand. But uh, I would say The Stand and, and Cell. Mm. The cell phone thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like the, the bigger, the, the two biggest things, right, is like, and I, I need to go back and I need to read those. Um, I've, I've read the, I'm not, not read, I've seen the was it the mini mini tv series that they had for the stand i haven't seen the new one i don't think it's out yet um it's out the is new it out? One's out yeah, yeah. it's been i came out like last year which is weird it like hit like right in like man. the summer of covid <laughs> man i i will say one one thing that has been super weird i've never been good with time but this past like year and a half has been even weirder as far as yeah time. you're not alone but like <sighs> Yeah, like, see, like, like, you know, like the whole 50, like you're saying, like the whole 50% thing, right? So if you take um, different kinds of like zombie, uh, zombie films, for instance, because I think at least in this instance, it'll be easier for a lot more people to relate with films and um, books. Um, But if you take, for instance, um, fucking World War Z or, 28 days later, mm-hmm. 28 weeks later, um, or The Walking Dead, right? Like, so that virus just like exists, right? Um, if it rains, it gets worse. If it gets hot, you know, like someone is going to get angry and make like a dumb choice and get everybody infected or something. So that's one of those things where it's like, and I, and I think this is this is like a huge element uh, of horror, which I think a lot of people overlook when they think about you know jumping into horror literature. Is a lot of horror is kind of like taking that step back and like looking at society and being like, what scares me, but like 
also, what about society scares people that they just, they don't even, they don't know or they won't admit. And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't want to admit is that if COVID was worse or if something else comes along that is worse, you know, this time we just saw a whole bunch of like businesses close. The next thing that comes along, if there's another thing, you know, inevitably there probably will be, whether it's in our lifetime or not, but like whatever comes next, instead of like, oh, you know, there's the symptoms or, you know, they take like two weeks to show up. If it's something like 28 days later, you get like infected almost immediately. Yeah. And you like you know? go off the and deep end within like a, 30 seconds. Yeah. You know, it, you know, which is like biologically, that's just like impossible. Like a virus can't spread that quickly. It has to like, it, it would take a couple, even if it took like five minutes, like that's serious, you know, like that would be like, you hop on Twitter, you see some weird stuff going on and then it's not businesses shutting down. It's like city blocks shutting down and it's no one is there to be like, there is an incident happening and we got to shut this down. It's nope, that block shut down. There's some people going out this way and they're warning other people and they're like, those people are crazy. That's not going to happen. That happens in, in the movies or they're overreacting. And then the next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of freaking zombies or, you know, werewolves or whatever the hell, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but I mean, that's, how, that's, you know, that's one of those things as, as far as like horror and an adult go. Um, and I think, with a lot of the stuff too, um, some pandemics that people really don't think about, which is like another big thing is like drugs and alcoholism. Mm -hmm. People just kind of, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it exists, but like you meet somebody that has those issues and kind of just like shun them away. You don't want to hang out with somebody that might like, you know, they're just like hopped up on meth. You don't want to like a meth head coming to your house, like come on over for dinner and take my TV. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know but um i mean there there's always some kind of pandemic going on it's not just viruses mm -hmm. i mean yeah the world as an adult that shit is fucking everything about being an adult and realizing what the world is about that that shit is i think more scary than anything that anyone could ever write well my next question we basically just kind of answered for the past like 10 minutes but i was gonna ask what kind of things do you pull from personally to put into your work but mm. i think you kind of i mean i think you and me kind of hit the nail on the head on that one <laughs> yeah i mean it's, i think i think one of the biggest things that i try to put into my work is diversifying characters and uh you know i i had gone to a couple different like writing groups when I lived back up north um, in Massachusetts and uh, when I came down here and I think the weirdest thing and like it, in a way it did kind of scare me too uh, so I don't write a lot of characters that are white like I might have some characters that are but a lot of them are um, you know Indian or Korean, or, uh, you know, mixed like me, or, or just black, or uh, Mexican. Like, I like to, like, shake things up, because there's not a lot of that stuff um, in horror. I mean, it's happening more now. Um, but I like putting a lot of that stuff in there, 
because I always get these weird looks when like I tell somebody like I, I wrote uh, something just as kind of like a pitch idea. I wrote a quick 20 pages and I let some people read it. And uh, there is a lot of vulgarity. There's a lot of uh, racial slurs and everything in it. And yeah, like the main characters are black. And I based it off of some of the experiences that I had early on. And then like thinking back about like some of like the thoughts and ideas that like I had and like what would happen if like somebody else went off and like expounded upon those um, ideas and like what would happen. And one of the first things that like people would always ask is like, is he white? And then I would say no. And then they'd be like, well, you need to make him act black. And so for me, that's always been one of those things where it's just like, I don't, I, I, I want to write characters that are the way, the way they are in real life, not like how people think they are, you know, like not every black person eats watermelon and drinks grape soda and plays basketball. Like that, that was always like a big stereotype growing up. And I think, uh, especially when you're just like, Oh, you know, I listen to metal and I write horror and people are just like, that's not, that's not, do you play basketball? Do you want to talk about the basketball game? I'm like, no, I want to talk about that movie that I watched last night. And like all those people got like dismembered. Like, I want to talk about that. <laughs> it's just like, uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> let's go out for dinner, you know, and talk about some weird shit. <laughs> the, this isn't a horror movie at all, but it's, have you ever, um, you ever heard of Hollywood shuffle? I have not. It came out in the eighties. It's directed by Robert uh, Townsend. Who's he's, he's, he's great. Uh, and it's about like, it's a, it's, it's a comedy and, but it's a satire on, you know, being a black actor. And like, you know, there's all these funny scenes where uh, it's just what you were saying. Just made me think of it. Um, there's just these funny scenes where it's like a, a, a waiting room for a casting call where it's, it's all these like black guys and they're all, they're all like vying for a role as the thug. And they're like running lines with each other. And they're like these real, you know, they, they don't sound, they, when they get into the character, they do like the typical like street thug you see like in movies. And, but they're just like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, Hey man, how you doing? Let's run lines together. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and they just switch and they go like, you better give me some fucking money, bitch. And then like, and then the other guy just goes like, come here, motherfucker. I'm going to cut you. And and then they just like stop and they go like, that was great. Let's do it again. And it's this funny commentary about, you know, how black people are persuade are put on screen, at least up until recently, like throughout the eighties and nineties, you know, they were the, they were the criminal. They were, mm -hmm. the, they were the street thug. They were the bad guy. They were, they did all the horrible things. And like, there's another scene where they're Robert Townsend's in it. And there's a scene where, um, I don't know. He's playing some guy with an Afro. It's supposed to be in the 1970s. And like, you know, he's saying some, like, he's, he's, he's talking like your typical gimmicky pimp you saw in like, you know, really bad black exploitation films. And if you want to call him bad, I know people enjoy him, but, um, he just like the, the casting or the producers right there next to the director. And she says that she, she stops the scene. They're all white. Everybody behind the camera is white. 
Mm-hmm. And she goes to the director and goes, can we get him to just be a little more black? We're not getting the best out of him. And it's just like, he's, he's standing there listening to this direction. He just takes his Afro wig off and he's like, man, fuck this. I'm out. I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's no, it's, I, I get what you're saying with all that. I mean, I mean, that's like going to, I, it was like one of the, the conversations that I never really had with my dad or anything was um, like a lot of the different films that I would watch and I wish I, I wish I had read more that way. I could have like these discussions with him about like literature too. But I remember going to see Jurassic Park mm-hmm. uh, in theaters. And the first thing that happens is, is, is a black actor dies. Like that's the first thing. And then I started noticing that more. And like a lot of other movies, like to instill the fear they had to have a black person die first. Like that was like the thing. That was like the person's gonna mm-hmm. die, but it's not. They're not gonna be. Um, they're not gonna be white. And so like I remember like talking to him quite a few times about that film, and like I would bring that part up, and it just bothered him. I didn't get that until I was older. Um, and now like even the literature that I read, like it's not. I I it, except for like, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this lady's name. Uh, Tanana Reeve do uh, I think that I think that's how you say her name I'm probably butchering it um, but she she writes um, just strictly like POC or BIPOC um, horror but she doesn't mm-hmm. like well. if, if, uh, oh I, was, I got her right here yeah yeah wasn't she, she in the do- that documentary yeah I, I think she was yeah um, her stuff is, I remember the, like reading some of her stuff and I was like, holy shit, like, this is, this is amazing. Like that, like she writes some stuff where like, if I had read like some of her shorter stories in, you know, junior high or high school, I probably would have like had books published while I was in high school. Like she's like, if you haven't read her stuff yet, go out and read it. I didn't know um, she was an author. I might look. I just remember her from the documentary, but I didn't remember what her her title was. But I'll interesting. I'll look into that. All right, let's segue into actually something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a little more motivational, but um, not that you need it. But I, I actually just kind of wanted to ask you because you know I think we all kind of whether we're filmmakers, writers, actors, people who work in machine shops. I don't know. Uh, but in terms of writing, like, when did you kind of think to yourself, like, I can do this or, or I can do that or I can do it. however, not even in just like the horror genre, just you're like you you put pen to paper and you finish something. We're like, oh, shit, I'm kind of I'm good. Or I don't know so, how you feel. But. So, I mean, there's definitely like there's there's three instances here and two of them um, kind of like piggyback off of each other. Well, not even kind of they do. Uh, but the first one uh, was when I was in school. So the, the, the one that almost got me expelled, I wanted to write something that my age group could relate to. And it was like, it was pretty much right after, it was pretty much like right after high school, or not high school, um, right after I had read um, Battle Royale in high school. Uh, and I was a huge super dry, uh, uh not super yet. I was a Dragon Ball Z. She was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z fan. And 
I, you know, I, I always thought it would be cool to, to just like live in like an era where like, you know, it's in the future and you can like travel different worlds and everything. Um, so I wanted to do something where I put together Dragon Ball and like Battle Royale and like put it on like a grand like universal kind of scale. And I was like, oh man, like I can totally write about all these like different people that are like battling for for like um, supremacy and everything. So I wrote like this whole, I wrote it, not a whole story, but I had like three or, three or 400 pages that I had handwritten. Um, and basically like there, there was all these different factions de depending on, on where they were in the, in the galaxy. And uh, there were all these like superhumans that they made and like none of the superhumans really knew what they like, what their purpose was. But they were there, so like, if there another war broke out, like they would just have these superhumans on all the planets fight for the people on Earth, and like they would like pick sides and everything, and they'd be like, you know, if this group kills this group, then like we win, kind of thing, and like just like the idea of preserving Earth, and so like these super soldiers figure it out, and this is just like in like a a nutshell, like they they figure it out, and this this one guy goes from planet to planet, and. Um, he basically kills anybody who doesn't want to like follow him. And he's like, I'm going to go to earth and like, I'm just going to end them. And then we don't have to fight for anyone. And so like, then there's like this huge um, battle between like the people that are like for earth and like against earth. And then like all the people on earth getting ready for like this giant battle. Um, <clears throat> but I wound up losing it throughout all my various moves. I'm kind of glad. Cause like I went, I, went back and started rewriting it and it's just way better than it was uh, back when I started writing it uh, but the second one I started it was like so it was right after I broke up with my ex when I was living in uh, Connecticut and uh, I was just like in a really shit kind of mind space like I was like super suicidal because like nothing I like spent like all this time working on someone else and like I kind of like lost you know what I wanted to like what I wanted to do I like I wanted to do films and like write and like go hiking and like do all this other stuff and like it was very sporadic that I would get to do that kind of stuff um and so like I, I was working at this restaurant and I was like you know what I was like I've always liked I've always liked Silent Hill but there aren't any books out there like Silent Hill um I mean there's there's a few coming out now but there was nothing really like dark that like took a lot of like the spiritual kind of ideas uh, that were instilled in me. Like I grew up Pentecostal. So like I have like that whole um, Christian mythos mixed in with a lot of, um, at least the first book that I'm, I'm, I'm working on bringing out. There's a lot of mythology from like Christianity and uh, like some African and um, Native American uh, mythologies and everything. And so the, I think like the main drive behind that was like, I just need to write about a character who's in a fucked up world, who's having a worse off life right now than I am. So like I started writing it and then like, I just stopped. Like, I don't even, I don't even know why. Like I just, I, I think, I think the majority of it was because I, I was working long shifts at work um, as a sous chef. And then I would get, go upstairs at the end of the night and I would just like, just throwback um vodka tonics i'd probably have like four or five or six 
a night and then like get back up and like go to work. But during that time I'd be on, I, I wrote like the first quarter of this novel, right. That I'm, that I'm still working on, on my phone. <laughs> and so like, there's this weird delirium of like, when you, when I went back and like read it, like you could tell, it's like, okay, this is where I started drinking and this is where I ended drinking. And it was just like, and then even like reading, reading all of that, it, it was kind of like, oh yeah, like it's just really fucked up. So I kind of like, uh, I think a lot of the inspiration just comes from like, at least with this one, of, of just like trying to like overcome some of like the, the times where like I, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do, but like also tell one of those kind of dark tales that I've always wanted to tell and just like didn't have enough time to. Uh, I feel you. It's a no, weird, it was a weird time, man. It was a weird time. There's a lot of, I mean, I mean, I'm sure anybody just listened to everything you just said, like they, they get it. Like those dark times, most people usually, you know, dive into whatever they're working on creatively. And even if, you know, it's something that never gets made. And I've heard from like a lot of people, you know, when they're going through some shit, a breakup, a death, anything, addiction or something, and they, they put it into something creative. Like they almost kind of don't want that to come to light. Uh, I, this is just what I've heard because it's just, it's too personal. They're too close to it. And it's just something they were doing to kind of flesh things out. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I've written some stuff, you know, in tough times that I just, I kind of, I've gone back and looked at it and been like, eh, I'm going to tuck that one away. You know, maybe I'll pull from it and put it into something else, but no, I, I feel you. That's thank you for sharing. I think that kind of stuff is important to share. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. No, I, I, oh, I definitely think it's important to share. Yeah. Um, but like, no, I, no, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's, that's fine. Um, I mean, I, like, I think like one of the biggest things too is, you know, like during that time, I was, I always felt like super weird, right? Cause they, and you see all these memes too, where, where people are like, everyone is getting married and I'm over here, like, you know, and they're like, it's got like SpongeBob sitting on the table, like twiddling his thumbs or like some other shit. And, uh, you know, like, I would get to the point where like, you know, cause I was like, I, I was in this like super toxic relationship and like, yeah, like I wasn't the best person either. Um, but like, I started learning things about like, that, like I thought were normal and other people would be like the fuck, like, that's not normal, dude. Like that's, um, like, yeah, people don't do that to each other. And I was like, oh, like I, you know, I figured, you know, if she wanted me to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, like that was a normal thing. People were like, no. And I was like, okay. And, um, and I think that's the thing that, that got me run down the most and it, and it does show, um, in like really throughout uh, the novel, which I think, you know, when it comes out, a lot of people pick up on um, is like this feeling of like, you're around a bunch of people and there are a lot of people you know care about you, but you still feel like super isolated. Um, you know, like during that time, it's like, and, and that span of time where like I came back to mass, but like, I was just like super involved in work and I didn't feel like I was going anywhere. And literally all my friends are getting married. And I was like, and it wasn't even so much that they were getting married. It was like, fuck. I was like, I'm working so much that I've missed all of my friends' weddings. And it's like, I can, I, so it's like, it's, it's one of those things where, 
uh, like you said, I mean, when you're going through some shit, you, you put it into some kind of um, creative format. Uh, and I think one of the bigger reasons why you don't see more personal level style horror like that is really because people, they are afraid of like showing that kind of vulnerable times in their life. And when you're writing stuff like that, there are times where you're writing it for yourself, but there are other times where you might want to share it, but you don't know how to write it in a way that people aren't going to just directly be like, oh, you're writing about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that, and, then, and then like the worst thing you could do would be like, so in this book you wrote about yourself and like, you're pretty fucked up, huh? And it's just like, well, I mean, everyone is. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, there's several short stories that I've read from authors that are like super influential to me and like just like going through and like their different interviews and then like uh you know reading about different blurbs and stuff on their blogs like yeah like they went through some fucked up shit like everyone does yeah so i think a lot of the inspiration is is uh is from life and just figuring out how to write it well supposedly it was why do i feel like i said this on our last episode we did together but uh, and here we are with Stephen King again. Um, <laughs> Stephen King, or uh, Stephen King, did, I feel like I said this on an episode recently, but if I if I did, oh well. But <laughs> Stephen King wrote The Shining when he was, I guess, really deep into problem with alcoholism, and I think he was, you know, on drugs a little bit too, and I believe he had found out he was going to be a father and it was kind of around that time. He was, he was very paranoid about if he was going to be a good father or not. And he, he, around that time, I guess, started putting in the works on a story about a, a guy who's just awful to his family and he's a writer. And I, that's pretty much seems like where Jack Torrance, the character in the shining comes from. And so, you know, just you know i guess there are a lot of personal things that you know get out there in narrative stuff um they just might be hidden in like genre i feel sometimes but you actually kind of brought things full circle for me you were talking about you were i think just about to touch on like some writers that inspire you you mentioned so my last question honestly for you was like who are you reading now that's inspiring you or who have you read that's inspiring you go give me it um so as far as like who's inspiring uh so my i I would say that like my three top big influences right now are uh, keelan patrick burke uh gamma Moore, and uh uh uh, junji ito don't know any of them but that's still cool um, so Uh, so I have a whole bunch of their, I have a whole bunch of the books here. I have like books everywhere. It's like a little mini library in my house. Um, <clears throat> so Junji Ito, he does uh, horror manga. Nice. Um, and a lot of, I, a lot of Japanese horror is very tame compared to American horror, um, and a lot of European horror too, where like um, a lot of stuff is very like in your face and very gory and everything. I mean, like he has stuff that's like kind of more like bizarro horror and like super out there, but a lot of it is um, really much like it's a deep dive on like the, the very like dark 
realms of um, humanity and all the different kinds of things that people do that are just like that, that mess with each other. So I think like his, his biggest book that I think everybody knows is uh, Spiral into the Horror, um, Uzumaki. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Never read it, but. Um, it's a good read. Uh, you'd pick it up. And, and I mean, because it's a manga, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's like, I don't know how many pages this is. I don't know. It's a lot of pages. It's like 700 and something pages, maybe. I don't know. That's the one thing about, okay, so six, it's a, it's, it's about 650 pages. Uh, but it reads quick because it's a manga. Um, and then with Gemma Moore, and so I have, I have some, some novels here. The two, so the one that I, I started reading, uh, Till the Score is Paid uh, by Gemma Moore. And she had one, I think she had one thing of short stories before this as well uh, that I read. And uh, female, female author, obviously. Um, I think one of the one of the big reasons I like reading her is because her stories are well done, and it introduced me to a, a lot of other women that write in horror. And like women are just freaking killing it in horror right now. It's yeah, like a lot of the work that I've read by women is just like it's it's dark and like it's messed up, and I love it. Like the the amount of the, the sheer amount I can't get over it. Like. Um, there was a there was like a poll recent that recently there was a poll that somebody said like how many the percentage of women that watch horror or are into the genre and I don't remember the exact number but it was shocking yeah. <laughs> like how like how much like women just consume horror genre stuff it I mean it's 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 pretty amazing I mean. So I don't want to say I never knew, but like when I heard the number, I was like, oh, fuck, ladies, damn. (laughs) Well, I mean, like I I knew so like approaching horror, I knew I knew two people, really. Uh, When when you're like your beginner basic horror person, you know, Anne Rice, at least you better freaking know Anne Rice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Stephen King. And then so those are like the two main ones and then almost every single woman that i've talked to i don't know why but they always watch like the the serial killer documentaries and i think that's kind of like the segue yeah i mean my wife loves it but she won't watch a gore fest with me (laughs) right i mean mean, like we'll see that i think that's like the other thing that people kind of miss which is another reason so i also um for people that are not into like um super dark stuff or like super gore kind of things uh yoko ogawa she's a a a great uh novelist and short storyteller but the way that she writes her horror it's almost like literary fiction but it's like the subtlety of like the messed up things that the characters do it's like just enough to get under your skin and be like oh wow wait i need to go back and read that again like did they really just okay yeah they did do that that's messed up kind of thing uh it's almost it's almost like um uh ryu murakami with the audition yeah so uh one of my favorite books and I'll get I'll circle back to uh, Caitlin Patrick Burke in a second, but uh, the one of my favorite 
books I've read recently is Into the Miso Soup, which is also by Ryu uh, Murakami. And then, um, and in that book, it's about a um, Japanese tour guide who comes across this, this uh, guy that works for Toyota and he's, in, he's showing him around uh, Japan in this, in this one area. And it's not, I, I would say maybe like the first third of the book, I'm like, where, like, if there's not even any build. He doesn't do any building as, you know, like some of them, it's just kind of like, oh, I saw something out the corner of my eye. And like, you know, <laughs> something in the sky. No, like, this is just like, you know, he's just showing them around. And, and I'm like reading this and I was like, okay, like, I love the audition. Where the hell is like the weird, scary shit in this one? And then like, literally like in one scene, it's just like light switch on, like, now we're in it and you're like oh, <laughs> oh shit like you're not just a tour guide anymore like what the fuck and uh and like it's it's i would it's 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 weird because there's only like one scene that is like grippingly terrifying and it's because it catches you off guard but for the rest of it you're just uncomfortable mm-hmm. whole thing which i love and like a lot of horror that i read doesn't do that it's just like they'll go straight into blood guts and gore and i and not on like a large scale i mean like there's a lot of horror that i read and watch that doesn't but i think like that's kind of the idea people get um when they think about horror and like i'll tell people i'm like yeah you know i read a lot of horror like i have like good recommendations for people like all the time and they're like and i like blood and guts and it's like but there could be like it could literally be something as like disturbing as, um, you know, uh, old boy. Yeah. You know, like given, given the proper um, point of view, if that was written any differently, that would have gone from thriller to horror. Immediately. Mm-hmm. That movie, that, that, yeah, the movie's not really a horror film per okay. se, but sure. there's things about that. That's the opening scene scares me. Yeah where they're they're on the rooftop they're on the top of the building the guy's holding a fucking dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean i love dogs so like i'm just kind of like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a korean film uh i believe it's korean uh correct me if i'm wrong anybody uh, but it's called i saw the devil oh, and yeah. it has some of the same cast members as um Parasite. Uh, mm-hmm. Way way before that movie though. But that movie, if that was a book, I know it's a thriller. But if that was if that was a book, it would be very much on the lines of horror because there's just so much messed up stuff that happened. Parasite. No no no. Um, or oh, I saw the devil. Devil. Yeah yeah. Oh okay yeah. No um, I agree I agree. So, uh, but then uh, so to so to circle back around for the other the other big influence for it. So we got Gemma Moore, we got Junji Ito, um, <clears throat> and then Keel and Patrick Work. If you like short stories, the best one that I have read so far that I think everybody um, who gets into him have read is Sour Candy. It's literally I how long is this book? Uh, it's seventy four pages. Nice. So it's like a, it's a quick read. It's not super gory or anything like that. 
if you're into like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that kind of stuff, um, I would say check out Kin, which is also by him. Uh, but if you like more short stories and stuff like that, he also has another book. I mean, this guy's got tons of books. Um, but two of the ones that I really like a lot that are like uh, good quick reads are um, The Dead of Winter. And it's a collection of short stories. And this one is 84 pages. So you got a good story. Damn. Of- pages and another one of like 80 pages of just like sheer freaking terror um and like and it's all different kinds of terror right i mean like these people are like between gemma moore um junji ito and uh keelan patrick burke like they're they're writing about people Mm -hmm. and their experiences and even if though some of it kind of like is gets like kind of out there um there's a more kind of grounded feel to it that just makes it that much more uh, nerve wracking. So it's like now when I go and write, like, write, so when I first started writing, I was like, I'm just going to write stuff to like scare people. And, you know, and then like, you know, I started writing about stuff that was affecting me. And then when I stopped, I picked up like one of the first books that really got me back into writing my stuff was Sour Candy. Um, by Keelan Patrick Burke and like I think I had only had uh, like the novel that I'm working on now the first five seconds I think I only had maybe a third of it written and then I just went back and just like fever wrote the last um, two movements so I had like the beginning and then I just sat down and wrote the middle and end and now I'm like going back and um, fine-tuning everything when I can so um those are the big three and then definitely like i would say for like classic literature and then like super classic literature um definitely thomas Ligotti. check him out if you haven't uh, my work is not yet done is one of his best works or um songs of a dead dreamer uh and the dreamscape you can get them together um and then clark ashton smith who is sort of kind of like hp lovecraft in the same realm um i think they like wrote together Um, okay yeah lots of influences interesting stuff my friend another great episode we just cut right here thank you for coming on once again and um i know you were on here before uh, and you know we plugged your socials or anything you got going on but uh since it's been a while uh you got anything you got to plug you got any where can we find you on the internet um so you can find me uh on instagram and twitter at generic uh this g-e-a-n-e-r-i-k-c you can also find me on twitch i'm on there on mondays right now uh as my schedule opens up more and more um i'll be i'll be on twitch more often uh, but for right now i'm just on at mondays <clears throat> from uh, 8 p.m to 11 every single monday unless something comes up and then uh, on Tuesdays, <clears throat> well, actually this Tuesday, <clears throat> which, you know, by the time this podcast comes out, it will be past the Tuesday. Um, but when I, whenever uh, Bookworms, which is a, a horror book subscription, I will always plug them because they do great freaking work. Um, I eat something insanely spicy. Uh, <laughs> it's the funniest goddamn I, thing ever. <laughs> so I, I like... I just find like some of the hottest things I can eat. And I know like there's some people online who like 
that's all they do is just eat spicy stuff and they're just like oh that's not bad but i guarantee you their asshole is just like they're gonna have like a prolapse by the time they're 30 so (laughs) i've literally uh, i think one of the times the first time i actually tuned in and watched what i like to do is i like to grab screenshots of when you're fucking dying so i'll (laughs) screenshot it on my phone i'll put it in my instagram stories and tell everybody to tune in it's i mean it's a fun time i mean like i've had people like before like i'll be talking like oh for like the last one i didn't the last one had like the least amount of viewers um but like i i didn't really hype it up or like market it or anything or like tell anybody i was going to be on uh but i tried to eat the um the world's hottest chocolate bar and it's just this little tiny thing and uh i was just like super tired that day and i have like half of it and i i almost threw up if I, I had to watch that one it was it was <laughs> fucking yeah i was i was gonna hit you up and be like are you i think you should hop off like this hop off instagram this is like getting bad i had such a bad i i mean like it was a good endorphin rush but also it was like it was a bad endorphin rush because i forgot to post that one mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I'll, so but i'll get on there i'll i'll, I'll eat something spicy and then, like, I open this book package from Bookworm, so, um, or, or Nightworm, sorry. Uh, All right. Yeah, so I eat something spicy, and, I, and uh, I'll open up a package from Nightworms, and uh, I just talk. I don't drink any water or anything. It's just, like, me, like, dying while I'm <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. And well, then, uh, uh, be sure to, we'll be sure to, I'll probably, I'll send some audience members your way. It's fucking hilarious um well thank you again for coming on (laughs) yeah thank you keep writing keep reading you've given us a lot of uh a lot of tidbits here a lot of once again a pretty deep conversation we went off the beaten path but i actually really enjoy when that happens on this show but um as for all of you that have been listening to all of this uh all this horror talk horror 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 horror. the horrors out there thank you all for listening take care have a good one